1: Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast.
2: Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Nay Never Podcast. I am your secondary host, shall we say, the support act for this evening's proceedings, and we are joined as ever, of course, by the main man himself, Statman Dave, Dave Roberts. Dave, welcome back to the preview show.
1: Hi Natalie, good to be back in episode two hundred and fifty-one.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure what we're going to do about numbering, actually. I always wondered whether we were going to keep the preview show separate. I like to think of this as episode number 10 of the preview show, but then I quite like the idea that the Non-Never podcast has got up to 250 episodes. Um, If you, of course, missed that, we hit that almighty milestone this week in that Our little podcast, Our Little Baby, is 250 episodes old. Goodness gracious me. And I think at the last count, we'd just gone over 335,000 listens um, in our history. So it makes us all feel very old. But, you know, it's good stuff. It's exciting stuff. So, yes, indeed, Dave. Um, I always feel as well with our slightly jazz hands quiz show style intro that I feel like we descend a little bit into The Muppet Show when we go into this and I, I'm not like suggesting it. it does doesn't it and I'm like <laughs> welcome to the preview show it's the Muppet show um, yes that, that's my rather unsuccessful Kermit the Frog impression I feel like that might make another appearance before the end of the season um, what are we doing this week we are of course previewing our weekend game in the Premier League Saturday afternoon three o'clock away at Sheffield United and we are here with young Statman Dave to talk about all things Sheffield. So, Dave, why don't you kick us off and tell us all about the opposition? Who are they?
1: We've missed the quiz question now. we Are not doing that first?
2: Oh, God, we are, of course. Do you know... I'm about as organized as a chocolate fire guard these days. Do you know what it was, listeners? I'll give you a little bit of a sneaky peek as to behind the scenes of the recording of the non Never podcast. Dave sends me the um, running order for the show, and it's on a lovely, brilliant, interactive um, Excel spreadsheet, and it's got all of the stats and everything and where I need to be, and I just scrolled down to just check (laughs) the running order hadn't changed and I hadn't scrolled up to the back of the top of the page so I was just coming in halfway there so let's reverse Percy and let's go so Dave (laughs) before we get into this week's preview about Sheffield United away we have a small matter of a quiz question that we need to answer so last week we set the following quiz question for our listeners which Burnley player scored the goal to earn the Clarets' only Premier League home point against Chelsea? And what was the year? Dave, tell us the answer.
1: Well, Before I tell people the answer, I was hoping with this one that I might have made the question redundant. We would have got at least a point or maybe a win against Chelsea. But obviously on Saturday that wasn't to be. And the answer still uh, is reflective of uh, Burnley's entire home Premier League history against Chelsea. And in that case, the the player to earn the point for us uh, was Robbie Brady. He scored a a sublime free kick, an equalising goal after Chelsea had scored early on. And that was in February 2017.
2: Excellent. Now, um, we were a bit shy, actually, of um, correct answers this week on this one. Either people would just thought it was too easy or they thought it was maybe too hard. But our um, main correct answer, when you take a side, of course tom from team None and ever was rob thomas who contacted us on twitter to say correctly it was robbie brady 2017 and i think john robertson
1: always... got it right oh he well. did yes
2: yeah. he did of course it is john always gets it right clever clocks um and i don't believe we had any on the inbox Nope, we didn't have any by email either so just two of our listeners got that right this week so um Tune in and keep listening until the end of the show, where we will have this week's quiz question, which hopefully will get people getting a bit more enthusiastic about sending us answers.
0: Opposition stats.
2: So, let's move on. We may or may not have already said this, but of course, we're now going to preview Sheffield United Away. It's probably a good job that our regular listeners are used to the chaos that is the and Never podcast. Otherwise, that 335,000 listens would probably be less than thirty-five listeners. Um, Dave, kick us off. Sheffield United Away, who are they?
1: Yeah, well, Sheffield United Football Club uh, was founded in 1889 and they were actually the first club to use the word United in their team name. Uh, Their formation came 22 years after their city rival Sheffield Wednesday, who were originally just known as the Wednesday. However, the oldest team in Sheffield are Sheffield FC. Uh, They're recognised as the oldest football club in the world, and their history goes back another 10 years to 1857. Uh, back to Sheffield United, though, and they joined the Football League Division 2 in 1892.
2: Excellent stuff. I did not know that about uh, Sheffield FC. Um, what about their nicknames, then, please, Dave? Uh,
1: yeah, although Sheffield United are now known as the Blades, their original nickname uh, from when they started out in 1889 to 1912 was the Cutlers. And both of these nicknames are references to the city of Sheffield being a producer of steel, and in particular cutlery.
2: Indeed, I did know that because I think all of us in our time have watched that '90s classic that was uh, The Full Monty, and I remember—was um, it Sean Bean? No. Yes. No, it wasn't Sean Bean who did Full Monty. It was Robert Carlyle, oh. the other one. Um, and they were stealing steel because the steel industry had gone under. That's why they ended up stripping in the first place. You see, you listeners don't just tune in for the football knowledge. You get a whole wave of, of general knowledge in here. Um, <laughs> moving swiftly on from the Full Monty. Um Ground and capacity, please, Dave.
1: Uh, yeah, Sheffield United play their home games at Bramall Lane. Uh, it's got a current capacity of just over 32,000. Um, It used to host cricket matches as well as football until as recently as the 1970s and is just one of two venues to host a full England international, that's for football, um, an FA Cup final and also a cricket test match. The other venue, by the way, was the Oval. Um, Burnley's away allocation of 2,800 tickets for Saturday's game is already sold out.
2: Excellent. Well, moving on to the actual um, team themselves, who is their all-time goal scorer, please?
1: Uh, Harry Johnson played for Sheffield United from 1916 to 1931, um, and he netted an impressive 252 goals in 351 matches in all competitions for the Blades. Um, and he also happens to be United's top scorer in matches against Burnley with 15 No other player has scored more goals against Burnley for a single club, although Jimmy Greaves did score a combined 21 goals against the Clarets. That was for Chelsea and for
3: Tottenham.
2: And what about the heaviest Burnley defeat then?
1: Oh, well, we we mentioned in uh, uh, one of our previous preview shows, we've already played down Aston Villa, and we mentioned about a, a 10-0 away defeat at Villa in 1925, and you may recall anyone listening to that one, uh, that was the first game after the revised offside rule had been introduced, so pre- previously you used to have to have three players, the goalkeeper plus two defenders um, in front of the, the last attacker, and then the changed it and made it goalkeeper plus one. Uh, Burnley players hadn't quite got used to that um, and lost 10-0 to Aston Villa. But we've had two 10-0 away defeats in the league. And the other one was against uh, Sheffield United at Bramall Lane. Uh, that was back in 1929. Um, and it made, it, the result was actually quite remarkable because Burnley had actually beaten Sheffield United uh, the previous week to won an FA Cup match, although that was at Turf Moor.
2: Oh, we don't like those kind of stats. Um, Let's move on to more positive things then, Dave. What about Burnley's biggest win? Uh,
1: Well, Burnley have only actually had six away wins at Sheffield United. Four of those were by a single goal, um, plus a 3-1 win just over 100 years ago in October 1919. Uh, But the other one by two goals was a 2-0 win in August 1973, uh, which is also Burnley's last top flight win at Bramall Lane. Uh, Doug Collins and Martin Dobson were on the score sheet for Burnley that day.
2: So what about Burnley's last win then?
1: Uh, yeah, our only win in our last 18 visits to play Sheffield United at Bramall Lane. So that's since the uh, one we just mentioned in August 1973, uh, was a 3-2 victory in December 2008. Uh, that was, uh, of course, the magnificent 2008-2009 promotion season. Uh, Burnley beat Sheffield United home and away as well as a 1-0 win in the playoff final at Wembley to gain promotion to the Premier League for the first time. Uh, Burnley's goal scorers in that 3-2 away win in 2008 were Martin Patterson, Graham Alexander with a penalty and also Chris Eagles.
2: Um, And then, obviously, at this point, Dave, we normally come to talk about last season's meeting between the two. But again, given that this is Sheffield United's promotion year, we haven't got uh, last season to talk about because they were, of course, in the championship. So let's move on to talk about their manager.
1: Yeah, 52-year-old Chris Wilder has been manager of Sheffield United since May 2016. Uh, He was born in Stocksbridge near Sheffield in 1967. And he led the Blades to a second place finish in the championship behind Norwich City last season, and with it, automatic promotion to the Premier League.
2: And what about some head-to-head stats, then, please, Dave? What, what does it look like when we uh, analyse the, t- the games between the two?
1: Well, before I go on to the actual figures, we did mention in last week's. I did promise to get something up in terms of a uh, comparison. Ooh, homework. As um, if you if if you look on your spreadsheet, and perhaps we can post this when we. Uh, when we uh, publish the the podcast, uh, there's a comparison of how Burnley have done against uh, the teams in the Premier League in p- teams in the Premier League this season. The all time away matches, that's in all competitions, not just Premier League matches, because we haven't played Sheffield United in the Premier League. Um, against all those sides. Um, When we look at that overall away record for Sheffield United, it's not good. We've played 60 times uh, against Sheffield United at Bramall Lane. Uh, We've won just six of those. We've drawn 18 and we've lost 36. Um, So that does give um, a win percentage of 10%. That's one in 10. Um, And when you look at the average across all the sides of the other 19 teams in the Premier League, our away win percentage is just a smidge below 20% so it's around about half of the the victories we get against Sheffield United uh, against average and it's bottom of the list it's it's basically the worst uh, the worst one we haven't played at Chelsea yet but Chelsea is actually the best on there we've actually got a win percentage of 30 just under 33% against Chelsea 20% is the average and Sheffield United is 10% when we look at the uh, top flight away matches only uh, Burnley's away record is only marginally better. So that's played 34. We've won four of those. So that's a little bit better than 10%. We've drawn 10 and we've lost 20.
2: And I can indeed confirm that I, I do have a, a swanky, jazzy, fancy new table on my spreadsheet, which I hadn't fully spotted even despite my error at the beginning of the show when I was already halfway down the page and it was staring at me. Um, Not so observational this evening, am I? Um. What about players then who've played for both sides, Dave?
1: Okay, uh, there's over 30 Burnley players who've also represented Sheffield United since the Second World War. Uh, they include uh, Tom Cowan, John Francis, Andy Gray, John Harley, Adrian Heath, Jamie Hoyland, Glenn Little, who I'd forgotten about, um, the current Burnley FC Under-18s head coach, Tony Philiskirk as well as Gareth Taylor and David Unsworth. And there are lots more names I could have mentioned in this section, but that might have given away the quiz question, which we're posing at the end of the show, which does relate to a player who played for Burnley and for Sheffield United.
2: Ooh, that's exciting. Um, I, used to, I used to absolutely love Gareth Taylor. He was one of my favourite players. Um, OK, well, finally then, Dave, turning to the game at the weekend, who's the man in the middle? Who's our referee?
1: Uh, Well, although we've heard that Bramall Lane seems to be a very unlucky ground for Burnley in the past, Saturday's referee Simon Hooper seems to be a rather luckier omen for us. Um, In nine past matches, we've won six, drawn two and lost just one. Uh, The last time we saw him for a Burnley match was the home FA Cup win over Barnsley back in January of this year, which also happened to be the first match when VAR was used, or certainly Burnley's first match when VAR was used. And you may recall in that match, we had a penalty overturned in the first half. We had a situation where um, Mati Vidra had got the ball, put the ball in the penalty spot, was ready to take it, um, and VAR ruled it out. And we did get a penalty uh, later in the game, but... uh, if I remember rightly, Chris Wood scored that one. Um, Simon Hoop will be assisted by Graham Scott in the Stockley Park Bar Studio.
0: Statman Dave's Stat of the Week.
2: Well, we're not going to leave it there, Dave, because we know by now that the bank of Statman Dave is just bottomless in terms of quality. So why don't you treat our listeners, why don't you give us your miscellaneous Stat of the Week?
1: Okay, this week's stat of the week. uh, Most Burnley fans will recall the shock of the FA Cup defeat to non-league Lincoln City in 2017, and perhaps also the defeat to non-league Wimbledon in the same competition in 1975. Uh, But long before either of these matches, there was another FA Cup upset, going way back to January 1890. Uh, At the time, Sheffield United weren't even playing in an organised league. Remember at the start of the show, we mentioned that they'd only started up in 1889. So in the season 1890, 1889-90, they basically weren't playing in an organised league, just playing friendlies. Um, And the visit of First Division Burnley in the FA Cup first round was their first ever competitive fixture. They actually got through a couple of earlier qualifying rounds in the FA Cup. Uh, But needless to say, Burnley were humbled 2-1 at the hands of their less experienced opponents. So it didn't start off well with our first ever visit to uh, Bramall Lane. Uh, But that was as far as Sheffield United's cut run went that season as they lost 13-0 to Bolton Wanderers in the next round. Opposition
2: View well, I think it's about time that we introduced ourselves to our opposition this week, and I'm delighted to be joined on the preview show by Ben Meakin of The Blades Pod. Ben, welcome to Non and Ever.
3: Thanks very much for having me. It's a pleasure.
2: So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you come to be a Sheffield fan?
3: Uh, I, well, I guess six years ago I probably would have said I'd have blamed my dad, but actually I, I think he probably deserves some credit now because it's been uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a good few years. But yeah, it's uh, it's, it's the classic sort of uh, you know my my dad was a, a big Blades fan, started taking me when I was uh, a youngster, and it's kind of uh, kind of spiraled from there. And yeah, I guess the sort of there's been a lot of uh, uh, probably more downs than ups in that kind of twenty five years or so. But um, it's it's currently uh, it's currently a very special time to be a blade
2: yeah you guys must just be so delighted with promotion you, you know you've got yourselves there and it's it's just it's incredible isn't it when you you firmly, you you pull on your boots at the beginning of that season and you you see the the players coming out of the tunnel on that first home game in the premier league it's it's just something else isn't it
3: yeah it has been special i mean we try not to keep drawing parallels to where we were um three years ago, which was league one, but there is this constant thing of like uh, oh, we've got Liverpool on Monday and uh, on on Saturday, and we were preparing for Bristol Rovers at home this time three years ago. That kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's still. I think it probably has sunk in now. I mean, we're, we're like a couple of months into the season, so you sort of expect that it would have done. But it, it definitely is still a little bit surreal. Um, particularly you know when you just sort of look down the fixture list and just see, you know, all the sort of names coming up that really it was a bit of a dream to think we would be playing them uh, a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, I think it's an interesting one is the Premier League, because we we definitely went through that same phase when we first got promoted. But it's actually amazing how quickly you become used to those level of games and the big spectacular games that you really look forward to as a fan. Um, you'll go through a phase where they then become, in fact, there's, there's three stages of it I think you'll go through. There's the wide-eyed, oh my God, this is amazing, I can't believe we're playing United away phase. And then you go through this, oh. God, I can't believe we've got to play the top six because it's just painful and you just get beat and it's horrible. Um, but then you come out the back end of that and you start to improve and you start to actually really enjoy the challenge of those games. So, yeah, I look forward to you guys getting there. Um, obviously, Burnley and Sheffield United this weekend, they've not played together for uh, 10 years, just because there was a, a fateful afternoon 10 years ago where our respective clubs took very different paths, a bit of a sliding doors moment. Um Obviously, I, I we've talked about this off air on, on a different show as well, so I don't want to bring up bad wounds. But I think you're all right with this. I'm going to ask you the question. But how <laughs> how did you feel on that day? What was your over, overwhelming feeling of Wembley?
3: So I have a very uh, negative relationship with Wembley because I've been maybe four or five times and seen United lose every single time, and. In fact, we've, we've never scored a goal in a playoff final. We've played four playoff finals and we haven't scored in any of them. Um, so I think this one, the Burnley ones, so this was the third of the four. This was kind of the tipping point of like, Oh no, these are just going to be miserable all the time. And, <laughs> and, they, and they, and they will just never be enjoyable. Um, I, I don't, re- I, I think I was quite confident going into it because we'd finished third and, I, and we, we had a really good team, uh, a very good young team. I mean, sliding doors is, is very apt. I mean, uh, Cal Walker had just broken into that team. He was like 17, 18 years old. Uh, Cal Norton, who also went to Tottenham, um, hasn't had quite the same career, but he, he'd he come into the team that season as well. A lot of other good young players, we didn't get promoted. We had to sell them the next year. And yeah, that that really was the, you know, we got relegated two seasons later and then spent six years in League One. So yeah, it was a sliding doors moment. I don't remember anything good about that game at all. I think it was a miserable game. Um, we were sat in the sunshine, so you're kind of baking in the uh the, the May heat at Wembley. I swear it's like ten degrees hotter inside Wembley than it is um everywhere else in the country. And uh yeah, we basically did nothing. The only memories is uh obviously Wade Elliott scoring, um our substitute Jamie Ward getting sent off for I think it was for two handballs, um a penalty not being given and then Lee Hendry getting sent off after full time by Mike Dean. So yeah, not not good memories, but it's uh it's you know as I say, the, the last couple of years have been so good that I, I feel like I can talk about it now, which is, is progress.
2: <laughs> good for you. It's funny, really. <laughs> I'm I'm quite stubborn by nature, so I tend to uh, sulk for quite quite some time with things on that. So I'm not entirely sure I would have uh, been over it yet. Do but. you know? I,
3: I have I do have one more memory actually, which has just popped in here, and maybe I shouldn't say this because it's too. It's just no, 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 no. Please do. But, um, so I was living in London at the time. Um, so it was a relatively short. Trek, um, back to my house. Um, I was with my dad and my brother, obviously wearing United shirts. Uh, and, um, a West Ham fan in his car drove past us and beeped his horn and laughed at us out the window as we were walking back to my no. house. And I didn't, oh um, obviously, God. obviously two seasons removed from, uh, Carlos Tepe's situation <laughs> getting us relegated. And I was so like, uh, I think so, just, just an empty shell at that point. I didn't even <laughs> react to it.
2: <laughs> I think like, that is brutal. That is, I yeah. hope you wipe the floor with with uh, West Ham when you play them. <laughs> yeah,
3: we just drew with them at the weekend, so I feel that was a moral a moral victory. That,
2: that is. <laughs> I'm trying my best not to laugh. It's hilarious, but also shocking. (laughs) I'm not sure even I'd have the balls to do that, to be honest, but never mind. Um, Yeah, but literally the sliding doors thing is quite funny, really, because we were in some, and not many people know this, but we were in some real financial troubles when um, by Wembley. And it's it's pretty common knowledge now that if we hadn't have won, um, if we hadn't have won,
3: you bit. Right? Like
2: yeah, no, sorry, we just had a, I'm sorry, listeners, we just had a little bit of a blip there. If we <laughs> hadn't have won Wembley at the time that we did, we were heading for administration and we would have probably, well, our, our lives would have taken a completely different turn, so it's quite interesting. Oh. Um, but now you are here, so it's taking you 10 years, but finally you're here, well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you, how are you guys adapting to life in the Premier League? I mean, from the outsiders looking in, it looks pretty incredible.
3: It's been interesting. Um, there's a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a debate among United fans about, so we, we've changed our formation slightly this season. Uh, we had a lot of success last season playing with two strikers and a number 10 behind them. This season, we, we still play with two strikers, but we've gone for um, a flatter three in midfield. And we've, we've definitely lost some of our, I guess, chance creation, attacking ability. Through doing that, but we've also become more solid. I mean, we got we did get promoted with the best defence in the championship last season. So that was yeah. that was one reason I thought we'd do quite well this year is because I thought that would, you know, not to the same extent, but at least allow us to stay in games quite well. So that's been I don't know, I don't want to say it's been frustrating because we've got thirteen points and we after ten games. Yeah, that's amazing. That, that is a hell of a return. And also if you look at the teams that we've played, I mean initially, our fixture list, you're like, oh, you know, there's a good chance to get some points on the board. Here, You've got Palace, you've got Leicester, you know, that's a good chance. And then you look at the league table, it's like, oh, wait, Palace are like seventh. Leicester are the third best team in the league at the minute. Like, actually, that was quite a tough start of the season. So I think out of the whole of the top 10, I think there's only the two Manchester teams that we haven't played in our first 10 games. And 13 points is pretty good. So, yeah, yeah, there's this kind of thing of like, you know, (laughs) can we open it up a bit more and try and create more chances? Because we are. One of the lowest um scorers in the league, I think, and also uh, lowest kind of chance creation teams as well. So there's a bit of like, oh, I'd like to see us go for games a bit more, but you really can't argue with the results at the moment. And, you know, if, if we can keep grinding out uh 13 points for every 10 games, then we're going to be in a
2: great position yeah you absolutely are and I mean if you think about it from the the narrative of, of the press which you'll you'll start to get used to the, the national media 's narrative about life in the Premier League it will you 'll go through phases of hating them and just trying to ignore them as much as you can um but if you think about our narrative this season, people are saying what a fantastic start we've had, how promising we look um, no, but we 're not even p- being considered for relegation, and you 've got one point more than we have, so you know you 've got to look at that as a good start um, Yeah. Turning to the game at the weekend, then what what player would you single out for us to keep an eye on? One who's going to cause us a few problems.
3: I I think this is always a a difficult question to answer because we play in such a sort of particular way where we don't. I guess uh, a little bit like Burnley, we don't really have any superstar players, you know, or or rather, yeah, we. I mean, we we don't have a we don't have a Dwight McNeil. I would say of like you know this is the the one guy that's going to. You know, cause real problems. We're very, like, quite structured in our approach. You know, we try and, uh, pen teams in, you know, create overloads. I'd say probably the most, the most dangerous player, the, the guy that sort of knits it all together is David McGoldrick, who is ostensibly a striker, but he's actually terrible at finishing. He should have about five goals this season already. He's missed some absolute sitters, but, but we know that it is part of, part of his. What he does, I guess, what he brings to the team is this ability to, to get on the ball, to drop into midfield. This is, you know, kind of makes up for not having this number 10 anymore and basically help us, you know, get up the pitch, create attacks out of, you know, out, change defense into attack. So he's the one that, um, sort of constantly looks like, you know, the really good footballer that you want to give him the ball as much as possible. Um, probably the other one I'd shout out is Ender Stevens who's our left wing back who, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say he's kind of showing himself to be like a top five uh, left wing back in the in this league. You know, he's incredible defensively, and he just seems to nutmeg a player every single week at the minute. He's yeah. like, like one of the, I think he's one of the most um, completed, something like the fourth most dribbles in the uh, in the league so far this season. He's just you know beating players left and right. Really, just a, a great. Uh, I, I guess a player that combines great defense with great attack. So yeah, th- those are two standout players, I suppose. But yeah, we're, we're a um, you know kind of strength in numbers kind of team. that you know the whole is uh, greater than the sum of its parts kind of thing.
2: So what about from a Burnley perspective? Is there anybody you're particularly concerned about playing?
3: Uh, definitely wary of um, of the two strikers, uh, Wood and Barnes, if they play. I mean, from what I can, I've kind of seen of Burnley, there just seems to be this kind of very efficient. Uh, at creating chances for those two strikers. You know, that's kind of, that sort of makes sense from a football point of view. You know, that's what the strikers yeah. are there for. But Burnley seem to be particularly good at it. So, yeah, those um, I, I, yeah, those um two definitely are ones that uh, always seem to, I, I don't know, they, they're quite unfashionable sort of names in the Premier League, aren't they? But, I mean, Barnes is on like a, uh, it was on like a ridiculous tear for a while there. I think from yeah, the end of last season, a couple of months at the end of last season through to the start of this one. Just banging him in left and right, so yeah, him and him and Wood are definitely. Uh, it sounds pretty obvious, you know, picking out the strikers, but yeah, those are the two that would worry me. Yeah,
2: cool. Um, I guess then moving away and let's fast forward to the end of the season. What are your hopes for the rest of the season, and where would you be? Where do you think you're going to finish?
3: Uh, so my hope is we stay up. Um, I went into the season thinking we would. I mean, I'm, I'm I'll stick. Yeah, I think you I'll will. I'll stick with the the notion that we'll be. I think we'll be. You know, we'll definitely be in that bunch. I think. I think. I won't say we're in a false position, but I'm not looking. I'm not really looking at the league table in terms of positioning at this point. I'm just thinking how many points have we got. So it's, that that number is far more important to me than um, you know whether we're eighth or fifteenth or something like that. Sure. Um, yeah. So I think we will finish in that kind of fourteenth to fifteenth range. I, I just, but at the same time, I, I haven't really. I don't really feel we've been outplayed yet I mean we, as I said we've played some good teams Liverpool were pretty fortunate to beat us I thought you know our goalkeeper literally dropped it into the net which is a very rare mistake for him and you know we had been really pressing in that game and we're pretty unlucky not to score same with Leicester you know had some good chances in that one and sort of conceded to a wonder goal late on so yeah I, I think we, we you know we have what it takes to stay in games against very good teams I mean Man City might be a, a, a different kettle of fish when we get around to play them I suppose but yeah, generally I'm I'm I've not seen many teams that look better like better than us on a you know one-off game. So yeah, I think we'll be, I hope we we'll, I hope and think we'll be in that kind of lower mid-table comfortably, safe from relegation territory.
2: Excellent. Well, we, we do hope you do. It'd be, uh, it'd be fantastic if you managed to stay up. Um, what about Burnley then? And I, I appreciate this is usually quite a difficult question to ask opposing fans because you you don't follow us, but. From a, an outsider looking in, where do you think burn will end this season? And generally, is fine.
3: I think honestly that same kind of range, that sort of uh, probably, mm. sli- probably the tier slightly above. I mean, having said that, you know, the Premier League, so I guess it's slightly different this year. There isn't a defined top six, or I don't think there will be a defined top six, and the the difference between finishing eighth and sixteenth might be like six points or something like that. So yeah, you're right. But but I would say my preseason predictions uh, I think we had Burnley we didn't do it like we picked every single place we had like tiers of teams and so we had the, te- the teams we thought would go down the teams that we thought might be in trouble um, and then we had Burnley in that sort of uh, I guess mulch of teams above that where they're going to finish mid-table they're not going to be in a relegation battle if everything breaks right they could have like a tilt at getting into Europe but probably more likely to be a yeah, comfortable mid-table I would say.
2: Brilliant. And then finally then, what is your prediction for the game? Give us a match prediction.
3: I do think this will be a draw. I think it's two really similar teams. Um, we haven't lost a game by more than one goal for, I think, 14 months now or something ridiculous. Uh, we're like the masters of not conceding that many goals. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think a one-all looks like a fairly safe bet, I reckon. And I'd be, I'd be pretty happy with that against a, you know, established Premier League team. We've, we've had some good results recently. That, I mean, it's not a, it's certainly not a must win game for us by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, I'll go for one all.
2: Excellent. Well, why don't you finish off by telling our listeners where they can get in touch with you, Ben?
3: So you can, uh, check me out on Twitter, which is at BladesPod. Uh, and then you can find the podcast of the same name on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us and best of luck for the rest of the season.
3: Thank you. Same to you.
2: So Dave, we've heard the head-to-head stats and we've heard from Sheffield United fans this week about how they feel about the game. But generally speaking, how are you feeling about Saturday? What do you think, uh, what do you think the result's going to be?
1: Um, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, they've had a really good start. I think they surprised quite a lot of people. Sheffield United were a lot of people's favourites to go straight down. I think a lot of the attention was on uh, Norwich, who'd won the league. Um, Villa, who'd obviously spent a lot of money. Sheffield United hadn't spent a lot of money. Um, And as we know, that can cause issues uh, with newly promoted teams to the Premier League. They've also come up from relatively quickly. They spent six seasons in, in League One, but they do seem to have something about them. They've had a really good start to the season and they're defying a lot of people's um, expectations. So I think it's going to be a really, really tough game. I think if Burnley get anything out of the game, if they get a, a draw on Saturday, be a really, really good result. Um, I think it's going to be tough. I don't like to predict um, defeats for Burnley, so I'm going to go for um, a 2-2 draw on Saturday.
2: Yeah, it's quite a decent result. I th- I think I'm um, I don't really know what to expect to the weekend. I've massively enjoyed watching United since they came up. I think their play is fantastic. They are sticking to their guns and it's starting to pay off. They are hugely entertaining to watch and they, they actually play the kind of entertaining football that I, I do wish we would play. Um, that said, they don't seem to defend as robustly as we do. So they are in that balance at the moment where they know they've got to score goals because they can be quite susceptible to conceding goals. Um, now, that could very much mean that they even themselves out and actually, uh, you know, we defend very well and they can't break us down. But um, it ends up being a draw. I, I've got a sneaker suspicion we're going to win, actually. I'm going to. I'm going to go for a one-nil win. I think for for the Clarets, but uh, it's going to be an interesting game, and I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to it.
0: Fantasy Premier League update.
2: So, Dave, moving on away from weekend's football, and we have the rather significant matter of the coveted known and ever fantasy premier league um we run this every single year we've been running it this season and of course regular listeners have been listening to our analysis of the key players the key fantasy league managers and essentially who is vying for victory so why don't you tell us who the movers and shakers are this week
1: okay uh, last week's uh, joint league is remaining this week's top three after game week Tens matches. Um, Rob Greenwood is now back in the lead on his own. He's got 589 points, and Michael Freeman is four points back in third place. Uh, but between them is John Sutcliffe's Subculture FC uh, with uh, an impressive 106 points in game week 10. That was more than anyone else in the No Nay Never League, uh, and that also earns him the overall second place. Just two points from the top.
2: Good stuff. And what about Team No Never? Team No Never? Team No Never? How are we all doing? I think I might have an improvement, actually.
1: Well, yeah, you'll be pleased to know that you've climbed off the bottom this week, Natalie. Yes. Uh, your team, Dingle Bells, is up three places to 160th. That's out of 163, so still in the relegation zone.
2: Whoa! Uh, <laughs> three places! I actually sorted something out with my team, and I made some changes, and I did that captain thing that I'm supposed to do, and I only moved up three places.
1: I think you got more points than me, actually, but you, I think you were getting adrift, so it might take a few weeks to get back. You're on 395 points now. That's your cumulative total. Uh, my Burnley Stats team, they climbed again to 130th. Uh, They're on 465 points. And Richard Steele is, again, the highest place of the No Never podcasters, Uh, but he dropped to 30th position. Uh, His team's got an overall points total of 529.
2: I'm still 70 points behind you. That is depressing. I'm not going to claw that back. I am not finishing this season on the bottom, I'm determined. (laughs) Um, So let's have a look at the actual players themselves and look at some tactics. Um, What what about the Dream Team? Did any burner players make it in this week?
1: Um, well, he didn't quite make it into the uh, Game Week 10 Dream Team, Dwight McNeil, but he's Burnley's, uh, Burnley's high scorer overall for the season to date. Um, he's got 42 points, so a big well done to all those shrewd FPL managers who elected to include Dwight in their team at the start of the season. <clears throat> Mentioned no names. Uh, yeah, I've got him <laughs> in my team. Yeah. Um, Chelsea had two players in the latest Dream Team after uh, the weekend's matches. Uh, both Christian Pulisic and also Willian uh, made the grade and got into the Dream Team.
2: Excellent. I've also seen as well that De Bruyne has been pushed off the overall um, leaderboard in terms of, of players and Jamie Vard is now or taken the hot seat with 74 points. Um, and actually, it's, I think Sterling and De Bruyne have both dropped down places as well, but there's been some... There's been some movers and shakers at the top, so man, now might be a good time to start making some changes to my team. Um, that's obviously another Premier League update for you in terms of our fantasy league. Um, we'll have another look next week. And to all of you vying for top spot, good luck. But Dingle Bells are coming to get you.
0: Step Monday squares question.
2: And finally, we finish this week's quiz the way we nearly started it, (laughs) with our false start. And that is the quiz question. Dave, what do our listeners need to answer this week?
1: Okay, this week's quiz question is, um, it's over nine years since Burnley's previous visit to play Sheffield United at Bramall Lane, uh, which was a 3-3 draw in the championship in October 2010. But which player, who has played for the Clarets and the Blaze during his career, scored a goal for Sheffield United in that match?
2: Oh, that's a tricky one. I,
1: I did make it tricky this week, although I did see somebody had tweeted it out in the week. So there has been a, a, a tweet that's mentioned it, not not mm-hmm. not my tweet, but someone else's.
2: There you go, listeners. You can go and do some homework. You can go and stalk Twitter, and you'll be able to find the answer to this. Um, please do feel free to get involved in the quiz question. Tweet us at None and Ever, or you can post it on our Facebook post or uh, Facebook page. Sorry, or you can email us to podcast at and, and we will give you the answer at the start of our next preview show. Now, now, Dave, if our listeners are getting stat happy and want more information, where can they find your uh, Burnley stats page?
1: Uh, yeah, there's a short link for that. It's uh, bit that's b i t. dot l y forward slash Burnley stats, and that's all in lowercase. <laughs>
2: Excellent. Well, that is all we have time for this week. It's been another jam-packed episode of the preview show, my favourite show of the week. Uh, We hope you've loved it too. Um, The team will be back on Tuesday with the main show to look at the um, game away at Bramall Lane and to analyse, hopefully, what will be um, a good victory. So, Godspeed to all travelling clarets who are making their way... um, down to my geography board to sheffield across the border to the other county shall we say to to uh to sheffield um cheer on the boys and bring back those three points and uh, and make sure you have great days out dave and i will be back next week for another episode of the preview show um if you've got anything you want us to cover in the meantime, you know how to get in touch with us, but uh, we'll be back next week to talk about this. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Ever podcast. Until next time.
0: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year.